Oh, snap, snap, snap. The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, raw feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business, and we're friends like my friend, Dr. Andy. We don't let friends feed kibble. How are you on this Monday morning? Doing good, Greg. <laughs> so happy to be here. Um, so yes, you friends do not let. I do love Mondays. <laughs> friends do not let friends feed kibble. But what do you do? You don't fight with them. You don't. No. De- you don't defriend them. Well, <laughs> that's, up for de- that's up for debate. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We have a a big dog community up here in my neighborhood, and and a lot of my neighbors do feed raw. But a lot don't. And so it's sort of like politics. We just don't talk about it. <laughs> yes, we can <laughs> do that too. Yes. Right. But if their dogs start having problems, you know, and they come to me, then then we can open the conversation. Yep. Generally, right? I don't. I, I only walk through the door after they ask a question. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the biggest issues that we see for people coming over to raw um, is gut issues, skin issues, inflammation, and allergies, right? Just, just those, right? And that's that covers the whole body, right? And that's generalized inflammation, which then leads to the, you know, cancer. Right now, I was reading about chiropractic for animals, and one of the greatest benefits that they talk about. Now, of course, you have to take the crappy food out so that we don't have inflammation. But these adjustments that are being done help inflammation in dogs, right? So Absolutely. If, so tell us, how, how does that work? I mean, first of all, Dr. Andy, I mean, you you can feed kibble and keep coming back to you. But it, but, it, but it would be much better if you would take some of the inflammation uh, or a lot of the inflammation out by the food and then come to you. But talk to us about how the inflammation is reduced by chiropractic care for pets. Um, you, you are absolutely correct with that statement that the chiropractic is going to work better if you're not, if you're on an anti-inflammatory diet, which is species appropriate no carbohydrates or very, very little carbohydrates. Um, Same goes for people. Now, if that's just not something you're interested in or can't afford or whatever whatever is um, running in your head, um, the adjustments will still help. And at the end of the day, chiropractic is neurology. We affect the nervous system. And so when that nervous system can talk better to each other from head to tail, we're going to have better movement in the joints. We're going to have better um, muscle symmetry. Um, and that all, with all the better movement, you're going to get reduced inflammation, which then you're going to get reduced pain. Yeah. So, plus like- you boost the immune system. There's plenty of studies that have proven that time and time again, animal studies and people studies, that chiropractic adjustments also boost the immune system. See, I, 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 what I love about chiropractic is it's non-invasive, 
it's not invasive. We're not putting a medication in there. We're not, you know, poking them uh, in their veins. <laughs> we yeah. are simply manipulating the spine or the body to realign and it's in its best way and i will tell you this that i have so i don't know how long uh asa has been on a schedule with you but you know she she's doing great and i really feel like that if she weren't seeing you that you know she may not be able to get up at all mm -hmm. yeah she's a really good example of that and i you know how much is it the chiropractic? I don't know, but I do know it contributes and it can contribute a lot to keeping that nervous system talking to each other and flowing and less muscle spasms and more movement in all the joints, but it does, it boosts the immune system. And when you have information into the nervous system, it boosts brain function, like all of that. I have seen it time and time again with these seniors that, okay, they're not two-year-old dogs again. That's not going to happen, but they're pretty happy to be here still. And, and yeah, they're still struggling a little bit, but they're generally still happy to get up, happy to do their, their slow walks, you know, their moseys that are mostly sniffs or, you know, happy to eat. And I think that's, that's important. And they generally are not on the litany of medications. They may still have a couple and get used here and there but they're generally not on a litany of medications. I have a client, he's an Oshbach, which is a very large German shepherd looking white dog. It's a herding dog. It's a working dog. Um, he lives out on a ranch in Parker and he got ran over by a dually. Ouch. Ouch. And he got ran over by a dually. I don't know. And he was five or six. And I need to get a video up of his gait. It is amazing how his body has decided to move. It's all in the hock. So he basically doesn't move his knees or his hips. He just moves his back hocks. And mom couldn't even tell me what was broken in his pelvis. She couldn't find the x-rays of what was broken after he got ran over. Like, I have no idea what that even looks like in there, but he's a farm dog. He's a working dog. So there's not a lot of coddling <laughs> right. of this dog that um I may be guilty of even with my own he's kibble fed something probably stuff from Costco I have no idea right um he's on tramadol but he's now 11 and we have been doing monthly adjustments for the last two and a half years and she says I think the only reason he's here is because we've done these adjustments yeah. only reason he's still moving and he's not moving great but the only reason he's still moving and he's still here is that we got him on this regular schedule well i've seen in asta that i've been able to reduce her you know the formula 300 or any of the kind of things that help her i do use the jump for joints i mm -hmm. use the the green eggs uh that have the um the neem in it and so she gets a lot of things naturally she also does get adequate. I will say this. Oh, yeah. and one other thing uh, that Dr. Judy started looking at putting testosterone shots right. in, in her hip and we do it ourselves. Now Rick's really good at doing that. And so, you know, all of that combined, but doing the chiropractic work has been, I think a lifesaver for her. You know, I was reading this article where a, 
a vet had advised these pet parents to put this cat down because he couldn't jump anymore, right? Mm -hmm. um, an examination showed that there was a compressed disc in the cat's lower spine, which was creating weakness in his leg. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the vet was like, well, I think we just need to put this cat down. But the pet parents said, oh, no, not going to happen. And they actually started going, doing chiropractic work. And after just two months, two yep. months, uh, this cat was back to jumping on furniture. So, you know, I would always say before we do something crazy, right. just go see a chiropractor. And this is something that people can really get in touch with you about and talk to you about. Let's say that they've gone to the vet and they've got this type of diagnosis and they want to ask you if it's possible, right? If it's possible and they want to talk to you about chiropractic care and then find a chiropractic where they are. I think this is a great uh, way to sign up and work with you. Yeah, it, it's absolutely. Their, it's their first step is getting, their first step to health is getting what? A second, a second opinion. A second opinion, yes, yes. That's and And as chiropractors in general, we look at things very, very differently because even through our school, through our indoctrination, we were indoctrinated to a different philosophy. I, I will freely admit that, but we do not have pills to go to. We actually have to look at and ask a lot more questions about when did this start? How did this start? What's this related to? And everything's connected. And so we look at the body as a whole. I look at things very, very differently. I ask very different questions. Um, you know, I had a little corgi in here recently limping up front, um, hurt herself out in the snow doing corgi things, you know, doing dog things. Dogs get hurt by doing dog things. You know, 98% of the time, we have no idea exactly what happened. That's okay. And she went to the emergency. Um, of course, they gave her some pills. I don't know if mom actually gave them to her or not, but oh, you know, this elbow and this and this and this. Um, yeah, actually, when I got in there, um, yeah, the humerus was rotated a little bit. We fixed that up. Um, she came in for her second visit because she's got a really good mama, but she came in and goes, the dog's been fine since she was here. So we did a follow up and she's going to come back in a few months and leave it at that unless something else happens. But you know, they were already talking, we need x-rays, MRIs, oh my God, and this is gonna happen. But mom also didn't wait very long. She had just done this maybe a few weeks ago too. So that was awesome, not to wait. And your veterinarian will always tell you to wait on chiropractic care. And I don't know why. I think it's just ignorance on their part. I just think they just don't know. because. You go to a surgeon for surgery, you go to your regular vet for your regular vet things, you know, maintenance that you go to the chiropractor for chiropractic care. So I don't know why they don't just go, Hey, ask the chiropractor if, you, if they want to see them now or later. I don't know, but they don't, they always tell them to wait. And the longer you wait in about 90 to 95% of the cases, the harder it is going to be for me to help the body to reverse whatever's going on. Do you prefer x-rays before you work on an animal if they're coming in from a situation like that or not? No, nah, generally not. It's amazing yeah. that you've been able to do all this without x-rays, huh? It's <laughs> Just, amazing. It's, it's amazing. amazing. You got to wonder. Yeah. Got to wonder, right? And 20 years ago when I started, nobody had MRIs either. 
and pet parents are always like, you ever work on this? And I'm like, I probably worked on a hell of a lot more than I knew because it just wasn't as common 20 years ago to get an MRI, to get a CT, to, to know stuff. Um, and chiropractors have been adjusting discs for over a hundred years, people. It either works or it doesn't work. And, but it's a great place to start and try. And that doesn't mean we go in willy-nilly pounding around on the spine where, where the disc is occurring. And we say disc, but it's, you know, what is it? Is it being compressed? Is it actually leaking um, fluid that's irritating the nerves? Which nerves are they irritating? Is it just motor? Is it motor and sensory? Is it more sensory? I mean, like there are so many variables to that, um, that I know we say disc and I, I say this to my clients all the time, vets either have, oh, it's not really nothing. Here's your pills or, oh, it's a disc and here's your pills. <laughs> like, but there's so much in between, um, muscle spasms, you know, restriction of joint movement. Um, maybe that's not even the spot that they see on the x-ray that's compressed. That's the problem. It could be the compensatory areas around that. Maybe that just x-ray, just go with x-ray, um, reduce disc space. Maybe that's always been there at that level. We have no idea. And that may be the level that the problem's at. Maybe it's actually below it or above it. And so that's why I really lean into my muscle testing to ask that particular body what that body needs today. And, and then we see what happens. Um, now, when you do go in for the MRI, yeah, you can actually see is the di disc extruded? Is it compressed? You know, you get a lot more information on soft tissue from an MRI. But when you go in for that MRI, that neurologist has you prepped for surgery. Mm. So you, you should know that when you go in and do that. So that $2,000 MRI will quickly turn into a $10,000 surgery. And oh my gosh, the neurologists are much better at telling people that like five, six years ago, they wouldn't even tell people that the animal was prepped for surgery after. And they don't always go to surgery, but they are, that's what their plan is because the regulations um, for animals is you can't bring them out of anesthesia, then put them back down a few days later. So they just have them down and they're just ready to go. So what, what percentage of dogs are getting in this, this, in your opinion, are getting surgeries that really never needed surgery. They just needed chiropractic care and something gentler? That's, yeah, that's a great question. I really have no idea. And that's a conversation I've had with my uh, Torchy's breeder because, well, she works with dachshunds, right? Right. Talk about a propensity for back issues. Let's just put it that way. Like from discs to, you know, I mean, classic history from owners is I came home and their back legs weren't working. That's, that's the classic history. Like have no idea what they did or didn't do or anything. They are correlating a certain gene with that. Um, I don't know much more than that. Um, my breeder only breeds dogs that she knows has not had a back issue. Like there's stuff that they're doing to work with this. Um, and we talk about this. She's like, I... She's like, how many dogs go for surgery? Because people are not patient enough. And that's the kicker is people need to be very, very patient. And if that dog is responding to prednisone and 
The other medications, your pain meds, your muscle relaxants, those are to keep the dog comfortable. Your prednisone is the only medication that reduces inflammation in the spinal column. It is the only medication that reduces inflammation in the spinal column. When your vet puts your, if you have puts your dog on NSAIDs for back pain or neck pain, my opinion, that's the wrong medication because it will not reduce inflammation in the spinal column. If your dog has neck pain, insist on a steroid from day one, because you cannot mix those medications. That's just my rule of thumb that I have anecdotally seen uh, for the last 20 years is go ahead. And inflammation is what is keeping those backlogs from working. Correct. Inflammation can also be a space occupying lesion and a space occupying lesion compresses on nerves and muscles that reduces the information to those legs to work. Very simply put, space occupying lesion, which could be a tumor, which could be a, a disc protrusion, um, which can simply be inflammation. And with a disc protrusion, extrusion, all of that, you will also get inflammation. Um, and when that inflammation sits on those nerves for too long, there is damage that may or may not be able to be repaired. And that's, that's the million dollar question is yeah. how long are we going to be patient? How long can we be patient? So what's your rule of thumb there, Dr. Andy? I mean, mm. how many, if they're responding to medication, personally, I don't think there's any reason for surgery and you just be patient. So responding to medication would be, they can move the legs. Um, no, <laughs> much smaller than that. Oh. They, let's say they're not able to pee and you do a course of prednisone and they're able to pee on their own because the bladder involvement is my kind of big tip off. Um, what I do with my, with what, what, with what I do with people, they may not even be my client yet. They are just calling me. My dog cannot pee on their own. Mm. Okay. That puts you in the possible surgical column much quicker. Did your neurologist offer a trial of prednisone? Did your regular vet stick you on prednisone instantly? Did the ER stick you on prednisone instantly? And did that, did that start to help with the urinary issues? Um, but when the bladder's involved, the bowel's involved, they kind of move towards surgery and away from chiropractic. Um, if that's okay, like even these dogs that can't walk, I set them out in the grass and they can pee and poop. Okay, great. Then, then we, we hit them hard with the, the prednisone and, you know, in a few days or maybe the next day, they know you're squeezing the foot. Okay. That is responding to meds. Now, how long it takes from there. There's so many variables, so many variables. What do they do with those dogs that are not responding to prednisone and can't pee or poop other than getting in into surgery right away. Do they yep. put a catheter in them or what do they do to help them? They can put a catheter in. Yeah. And the bladder is your bigger concern and you can express the bladder. I actually, um, this, this dog, he had a lot of things going on and he came in Tuesday and he went down in the front that's very concerning if you have knuckling and can't stand up in the front. Ooh. That is an upper cervical lesion. That's maybe a brain tumor. That's maybe a lesion on the, the cerebellum, on the brain stem. That, that is 
a lot of cause for concern. He was 15. He's been a seizure dog. He's, you know, we were kind of end of life anyway. And then he just couldn't walk with Tuesday morning. So she went in, they got a shot of Pred. Um, they came in, we adjusted him just to keep him here for a few more days so the daughter could get home from college. Oh. And so, and then they were going to let, let Cooper pass. Um, but that was, that was, so that was our target, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I forget your question. I don't even know why I went over there. No, it's fine. Did Cooper pass? Yeah, 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 yeah. He was, you know, age, previous uh, injury to the brain with the seizures. Yeah. So they let, they let Cooper pass. Oh, uh, so what, in your opinion, or, and that you have seen, is the cause of seizures? I mean, it's so, uh, it's so broad, but. So broad, so what? broad. Um, young dogs that start seizing. Um, I actually, it's a great question. I just got a question from somebody else. She's like, okay, I'm working with, um, I have, have this dog that I know that is having seizures, young dog. Uh, is it neurologic or is it cervical? I go, well, seizures are always neurological. <laughs> seizures are always a neurological, um, but what is causing it can vary. Like your young dogs could simply have epilepsy and you need to medicate those dogs. Like that's just the, the, how it goes. Now, those young dogs could be responding to toxins, could be responding from food. Mm-hmm. Um, and so any seizure diet, seizure dog needs to go on species appropriate raw diet instantaneously, get the inflammation down, get all of the processing out of the food, like all the processed kibble out, like hardcore, in my opinion, very basic keto meat diet, raw mm-hmm. meat diet, and then see how much of the seizing, seizing goes down. Um, and they still may have true epilepsy, but you may be able to mon- medicate it with just one med instead of three. Um, they are, they want to run MRIs on the seizure dogs now. But what would you, what would you, even if you did an MRI, what are we going to do from that information? What can you do from that information? You know, I don't, I'm not up on all of it. My intuition is it would show you a tumor, (laughs) which then you would know especially if things are like, if your seizures are getting worse and worse and worse and meds aren't touching it, you pretty much can guess there's a tumor in there, no matter the age of the dog. Um, you know, so it would tell you that it may show you some inflammation in certain parts of the brain. Um, it's not really going to tell you if it's, I don't think it would tell you if it's true epilepsy or what meds to do or how to manage it. So I, I don't know if MRs are really required, but you know, we have them now, so they offer them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, old dogs with seizures, like eight and up, that I tend to think is more food and toxin related. Yeah. So I have a Weimar runner up the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he uh six seven at the time that they took him in to have brain surgery mm-hmm. because he was you know a, a seizuring dog mm-hmm. um now this particular dog is your traditional 
uh, line of treatment line okay. of, okay. Mm-hmm. So kibble, so, traditional all vaccines, your, all the yeah. hearts, all the, all the, yeah. all the, okay. All the things, all, all the, the conventional things, things. Uh-huh. all the things that we talk about all the time. And so he was having seizures um, and they took him in and now his little, his little head and, and, and the is, is a little crooked, right? Because they had mm-hmm. to take out part of that uh, mm-hmm. area there on the skull. Adorable dog. And the pet parents said, look, you know, he's, he's young enough that we wanted to have, you know, as many mm-hmm. more years with him as we can. Although that surgery is quite expensive, I will say, mm-hmm. but what they've done is that they, you know, he's on some pretty heavy duty meds. And those meds, you know, at times have made him sick, have made him wobbly, have made him, you know, not want to get up, but he's not having seizures. Um, Now, I will say that um, I don't think they were advised because they were shocked when I said it. You probably don't want to be shooting this dog up with anything anymore. Right? (laughs) Really? Really? Like no one advised that? No. And... uh, And I think that he's on a prescription diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably because his gut's messed up because all those pharmaceuticals are really rough on the liver and the digestive system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but it's it's beyond me that when we have a dog that is having problems that we don't advise pet parents to stop doing some of the traditional things. I was saying on a podcast the other day that Amanda, our daughter had a a 13 year old dog come in that, and she's also a chiropractor. So she was adjusting the dog and she said, something's, you know, not right. Let me take some x-rays just for my own learning. Mm -hmm. Found that there was a tumor inside of the chest cavity area on this dog. And she said to the pet parent, listen, um, I would advise you no more shots to this dog. Now the dog's in his teens Mm -hmm. um, first, and he's also a reoccurring cancer patient. So he had this mask and the pet parents response was very strange. It was, well, if I don't do that, then I can't do this. Mm -hmm. I can't groom. I can't board. Mm -hmm. I can't fly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and um, so, you know, I, I get it. It, the things that we hear from the traditional side, uh, and I, you know, obviously don't talk to that many traditional vets. We get that from our, our customers. You right. get that from your patients. From my, yep. And certainly I hear it from Amanda where we can ask those questions. Why do you guys do this? Um, why do you say that? And a lot of times, a lot of what they're doing is being uh, predicated on um, how the pet parents respond. Right. Yep. So, um, and I don't think we have too much time to go into this today, but um, Dr. Jasek had sent out some information uh, in regards to a push. Basically what she was saying, let me tell you what the law is around the rabies vaccine. And so that you're informed. Yep. So that you can speak and ask the questions when you're in, in front of your vet. And um, yeah, go ahead. I think, I think it is, it is now our responsibility as educated pet owners to start educating our veterinarians. Um, Because I don't know how it is around the country or around the world, but currently where we're at here outside of Denver, 
it's a lot of conventional vets and us folks that, you know, do limited vaccines, if any, and don't do heartworm and don't do flea and tick and feed raw. We're being told on the phone, don't even come into our practice. We don't know how to deal with you. We don't want to deal with you. We just want everybody to follow our rules and keep your animals um, alive, not healthy, alive. And I think it is, we need to start pushing back. We need to start educating the vets. Um, You just sent me that email this morning. I didn't actually get it. I'm going to print it out. I'm going to have it for my clients to take because we need to start going, hey, we don't have to do this um, just because you said so. Well, the other thing that, that Dr. Jasek has pointed out, she said, because she talks to so many different, you know, vets, she's like, I don't even think they know. No, they, they don't know. They have this fear that they're going to lose their license. They have mm-hmm. this uh, mandate that, and, and that word mandate, I mean, it is so mm-hmm. prevalent right now, mm-hmm. but we have never looked at that word as much as we uh, should have. Mm-hmm. as we do now because if you look at how long dr andy our dogs have been under a mandate mm-hmm. and and we've been happy to comply with that happy to comply with that mm-hmm. and yet we don't look at the cancer rate the itchies the issues that our pets are dealing with and they've trained us I, they've trained us to look in another direction. And I was reading an article that was put out and it said the 10 things that your vets wish that you wouldn't do, okay? And number nine is uh, we wish that you would not do anything. Do not change the food. Do not do a specialized diet. Do not, you know, give supplements unless you consult with your vet. And I want to say, well, I don't know how your dog would be super healthy in that regard, because we know that the clean diets, the species appropriate diets are, are being poo-pooed, have been Mm poo-pooed. Oh my gosh, you're killing. I actually had someone tell a pet parent the other day that they were killing their dog. And I do hear this. So with a raw diet, Killing their dog? Yeah, killing killing their dog because the dog was constipated. But when you really looked at how much bone was going into diet, there was too much bone. That's an easy fix. Easy fix. It's an easy fix. Mm -hmm. But but my point is this, that, that the intent to get your eyes over here, don't look at this protocol that has been going on forever and as as dan bongino says if a protocol works why doesn't it work right mm-hmm. it's it's like the the money ball if he if he's if he's a great baseball player why isn't he a great baseball player right mm-hmm. right it's always like that we say it's great well if it's great why isn't it great mm-hmm. <laughs> right it does it doesn't make sense and the bar for what is great dr andy is being lowered not only in our pets lives but in 
the human lives, yep. right? So we're not going to change it. We're not going to really look at the facts and look at um, what we see right in front of us. No, we, we're going to get up in our heads and we're going to say, but the narrative says that this is healthy. So therefore, we're just going to keep doing it. But if it's healthy, then why don't we have healthier pets? Correct. Well, and we're normalizing so many chronic diseases. You right? Think? I think. Yeah, it's normal to lose your mind at your end of life. It's normal to end up with type 2 diabetes. It's normal to get cataract surgery. It's normal that your dog stops walking at 11. <laughs> you know, no, not normal. No, normal according to whom? Is it whom or who? How do you use whom or who? I, don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that long ago. Yeah, that, 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 I forgot that one a long time ago. But uh, we will, we will, and I'm going to do the same thing. So I'm going to be sending it out, uh, that information that Dr. Jasek sent out. And the, the, the great, the other piece that she sent me that I uh, sent to you too, is she was talking about the requirements for veterinarians. Okay. So these are the people who are quote unquote exposed to rabies. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. The rabies exposure. Mm-hmm. And the, there, there was a redefined category that came up in May of 2022. Now I find this curious that categories get redefined, you know, in the last couple of years. And you always have to look at why are they redefined? But never mind. Um, but basically this group, ACIP, which is the um advice it is called the advisory committee on immunization practices okay mm-hmm. sounds really important it but does. anyway big title so they they do not require of vets that they continue to get rabies shots. What I understand and what Dr. Jasek said is that all veterinary students must get a rabies vaccine. That That's enough right there to keep me from going to vet school. Yeah. Um, but then they can just titer. Now, now the question is, Dr. Andy, if that's good enough for our vets, why isn't it good enough for our dogs? Right. It's a great question. And who is this? Who is this group, by the way? ACIP. You Eats you the poop out of me. Ooh. You you were listening to somebody the other day that that had something to say about groups. Well, the committees that are formed. So I was listening. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. It was a medical doctor, and he was talking about the committees that were formed. Um, when they were deciding if cholesterol was going to be deemed good or bad for us. So I actually got people together to decide what the narrative was going to be about cholesterol. And so they decided, this was like 70s, early 80s, that, oh, we're going to tell everybody cholesterol is bad for them. And they came up with some levels at the time. 
And they form these committees to keep an eye on, you know, what the levels of LDLs and HDLs should be, blah, blah, blah. But he goes, ah, but Big Pharma got a hold of these committees and went, hey, we will fund you. We will back you. We will support these committees. And what has happened to those cholesterol levels? They, I think he gave the example, I don't know anymore off the top of my head, that the LDL started off at 250. It's now down to, it has to be what, under 150 or closer to 100 now. So every time those get lowered, who sells more pills and makes more money? So I wonder if this committee of immunization practices is also funded by big pharma because who makes the vaccines? Big pharma. Right. So, you know, how independent is this advisory committee? Hmm. Well, haven't we, and I, I was listening to a, a cardiologist talk about Dr. Mahalota, and I know I'm not saying his name right, but I, I that's my best attempt. But he is a cardiologist. Now, he's the one that's coming out now and saying, hey, I was wrong about advising for people to take the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. Um, and that all started. And he even did a commercial about it, right? Wow. Get on board with the vaccine. And then his father died. Mm. His super healthy father. Uh, and he started looking. And now he's out, you know, saying, hey, I was wrong. But he, But one of the things that he talks about is he said, I was wrong about cholesterol. You know, what really affects the heart is sugar and carbs. He's yep. like, forget all that cholesterol stuff. Yep. He said, you know, and he, and he gives this talk about it. So, you know, who knows what the wrong advice is right now, <laughs> right? Yes. When it comes to pharmaceuticals, because they got to make the money first and then they can say, ah, we were wrong. <laughs> We could put it that way, yes. And I mean, you and then and you can't do a daggum thing about it, Dr. Andy. Mm -mm. They have total immunity. Yes, they do. T total immunity. Can you let me just ask you this? Can you imagine how many pet chiropractors there would be if there was total immunity? Right. And how unsafe it would be because you wouldn't have any incentive to do the safe thing. You would no. just do the profitable thing. Absolutely. So and, how is that? How does that apply, you know, to big pharma and them? It, it, it's a perfect analogy. I mean, I wouldn't have to keep up on my education. I wouldn't care if, you know, if the animal got hurt because I have no idea what I'm doing, you know. And sane people don't think that there would be people in the world that would do things that would hurt people or pets. But of course, we're saying, and so we can't think like those people, right? But mm -hmm. I assure you, they are there. We hear about them all the time, yes. right? Yes. That people yes. do things that you're just like, how could they do that? Well, because their brain is wired differently, yep. right? But they're clearly there. Um, but what um, uh, one of these attorneys was talking about from the ICANN, the um, uh, Dell Big Trees organization, he mm -hmm. was saying that immunity from liability does not make the world safe because when you don't have immunity, you strive to have a safe product. You strive yes. because if not, you're going to get sued. Yes. So here we have one of the largest uh, corporations with 
total liability. And I think what people don't realize is why did they get that liability? And here's why they got it back in 1986 from President Reagan is because they were losing their shorts. Why? Because the products that they were making, they were having to pay out enormous amounts of money to people who had adverse effects. Now, does that make any sense to you that, okay, well, we don't want you to go out of business, you you, you folks who are, who are doing things that are harming people. So we're just going to give you total um, immunity. Now, at that time, there were about three vaccines that were in the childhood vaccination schedule. Today, there's what, 68? I don't know. There's Something a ton. like that. Something and we like just that. keep adding. And, adding. and the CDC is not going to back off of putting the, that in the mm-hmm. childhood vaccination schedule. So it's, it's insanity. Well, and they're adding them onto the back end for our seniors too. Oh, but have you not heard that the whole euthanasia thing uh, for our elderly population is starting, they're really pushing that over in Japan. Um, and, and what's really weird about that is the Japanese culture has been really based upon taking care of the elders. Mm-hmm. But now what they're saying is we're going to push this narrative that, you know, this is the kind thing to do, that we're just, we're not going to murder you. We're, we're going to get you to murder yourself. Uh, we're going to push this euthanasia thing at a certain age because you are a weight upon the younger generation because you see they're not having kids as much, right? Mm-hmm. Therefore, uh, you've got a, a lot of people who, um, you know, are elderly and they don't have someone to take care of them. Therefore, they're a drain on society. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I have not heard this. So I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. At a certain age, not a certain health status. That's yeah, and I guess that's like the interesting part. Like, I guess there's a little bit of a benefit to that, right? So you would it, say, well, I'm going to plan out. I know that I'm going to commit Harry Carey on uh, this date. And therefore I'm going to, I'm going to drink and I'm going to do drugs and I'm going to eat all this processed food. And I, cause I'm going out. <laughs> I guess that's, yeah, that's the other way to look at it. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, I'm being totally facetious. I know, I know you are, but it is like, yeah, that's, you, and you just boggled my mind. I'm like, I don't even know where to land with this. This is all, you know, but, but you wait, you wait, you wait and see how the narrative has changed that that's a great thing, that that's a good thing that we should be doing that. Mm. And they'll probably start with the animals first. Cause they always do. They always do. They train us with the animals. Right. Yep. Right? Ding, ding, ding. Your time is up. You may still be getting up, eating and pooping and walking fine, but we're going to put you down for this, for the sake of society, Mm -hmm. because we do everything for this. I mean, your individual choice really doesn't matter anymore. Dr. Andy, I don't care. It's better for us as a community. As a community, as a society. Yes. Oh, don't get me started. And on that note, we hope you have a great week this week. (laughs) As we get you started off to your... We're very uplifting this Monday. Uplifting. Um, but I tell you where you can go to get some uplifting information. And that is Dr. Andy's Live. That happens every Tuesday on ScrewTube. I'm sorry. 
Did I say that again? Again. It's, you, it's I, I, you know what? I don't know why I do that. It's YouTube live. <laughs> it is like, on YouTube. Stop saying that. Yes. Yes. But you can find it. It's Dr. Andy's world. A-N-D-I. A-N-D-I. Dr. Andy's world. That is on YouTube every Tuesday from six. Well, I don't know from, it starts at six. Starts at six. We do about an hour. Mountain time. Mm -hmm. And and bring your questions. Try to stump Dr. Andy. It's easily done. (laughs) Very (laughs) easily done. So just bring all your questions. And then then it gives me homework and I got to go do work all week and bring it back the next week. That's right. I, I, I do that for you guys. I do. It keeps your mind sharp. It, it, it does. It fills up all my rabbit holes for the week. It's amazing. Well, you know what? I mean, Hey, look questions. And this is what we always tell everybody. Question, 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 right? Yep. Yes. And I do please, please ask the questions, please do your research. And we talk on that. This is not veterinary advice. This is to spark interest. So you go educate yourself. This right. is what I have learned from my clients and my own animals for the last 20 years. Now go and educate yourself. Go ask Dr. Google, go ask your veterinarian, go go see what your veterinarian has to chime in on. I'd well, be fascinated. One of the 10 things that the veterinarians wish you wouldn't do is, is go to doctor, the internet. Yeah, is, <laughs> is, is, doctor, doctor, and they certainly don't want you coming over here and asking any questions of us. No, no, that's okay. no, that's no, okay. that number nine was interesting. I'm like, that's, that's code for don't listen to anybody else. Let us control you. Right. Thank you. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Although we, you know, we put it in a very nice way. Yes. Hey, killing yourself at a certain age is great for the community. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll stop now since it's Monday. All right, everybody get over to Dr. Andy's world tomorrow night at 6 PM. Bring your questions, whether that has to do with raw feeding, whether that has to do with chiropractic, um, you know, don't bring your questions about your cars. Yeah, we're, we we don't know anything about those. I'm not doing homework on cars. <laughs> right, right. Also, you can join <laughs> Dr. Andy at AnimalMagicCare.com. AnimalMagicCare.com. Uh, every week you send out some great information and then we talk about it. And uh, you'll get the recordings of the podcast there. You can sign up for a pet consultation, a chiropractic consultation, AnimalMagicCare.com. Get your dog on a species appropriate diet, man. You got to get that inflammation out of their body. Right. Dr. Andy. Yes. Right. We don't want to further any kind of neurological problems. So let's get the toxins out of their body. Start by getting them on a species appropriate diet. And you can do that very easily at raw dog food and company where your pet's health is our business. And we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. I'll see you next week. Miss uh, Dr. Andy. (laughs) Yes, Miss Didi. Okay. <laughs> See you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.